Brooks, uh, Brock Sunderland joins us uh, from the Eskimos. How are you, Brock? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Uh, first off, let's just address the halfway mark. Uh, how are you mm-hmm. feeling about your team? You hit the halfway mark with a 6-3 and three record. You've got a lot more healthy players than you had a year ago at this time. Uh, how are you feeling about the way things have gone this year? Well, I mean, I think we're happy with the record uh, for what it is. I think we look back at, back at a couple games and think we shot ourselves in the foot, and that's disappointing. It's always tough when you feel you let a couple get away. Um, I think we're at a point where if we play to our capabilities, we feel we can beat anybody. If we don't play to our capabilities, anybody's capable of beating us. And really, that's the, the nature of pro football, and that speaks to the parity of the league. I'm sure penalties are in the front view for you as well. And uh, first, let, talk to me about your head coach, about the fact that he's been the leader that he's been. He's been a good leader for the last two and a half years uh, in Edmonton, and you know he steps up and says, I need to take personal responsibility and, and become a better leader in, in the penalty department and trying different things in practice. Like He doesn't stay stagnant. He's always looking for the answer. Well, I, I think that defines who Jason is, is that he always is looking to get better, and he preaches let's get better every day, every week. Let's focus on the now, and he he walks the walk, so to speak. But he said that publicly last week. But he's been doing that all year. I've never seen a coach or a staff preach penalties and lack of penalties more than this staff. Yeah. So it's not a lack, lack of awareness. It's not a lack of effort. You know, some things happen. The pre-snap penalties, those are you can fix. The in-play penalties sometimes. I said this earlier. If you look at penalties, and this is not, you know, saying the officials aren't doing a good job. It's hard for them as well in the heat of the moment on the, some of those bang-bang plays. But when you look at a penalty and you look at it on film afterwards and you really can't see it, it's pretty hard to go down to the player and just say, hey, what, what the heck are you doing? And yeah. we can't see it either. And then we hear back and say, yeah, you know, actually that one probably wasn't. So, again, a lot of moving parts. But it's been addressed from day one. It was very much a key focus last year. It's been a key focus this year. So he came out publicly and addressed it. But it's not like he had his head in the sand and wasn't addressing it beforehand. Mm-hmm. It just became a little bit more public after the fact. When you look at the the team as a whole, I know Mike Riley and the offense gig, they get a lot of pub, and why not? I mean, they, they have scored a lot of points this year and um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of yards. The defense, though, is the area I want to f- uh, focus on right now. Tough start the first couple of games. That, that second game against Hamilton, that was tough because you had injuries the week before in that long game in Winnipeg. Right. Um, and you came in with a revamped D-line, a younger D-line, and... Mike Benavides, uh, I think of Demetrius Maxey and the rest of that defensive staff. They've done a good job over the last seven games specifically, but what have you seen for the most part with that defense? Well, we're younger. I think we're a little bit more aggressive this year. We're more diversified with a lot of more games on the defensive line. We're running more blitzes, so we're changing things up a lot. Our secondary moves around a ton, so we don't sit back there and just say, hey, we have our, our boundary corner in half, we have our field corner in half, and we have a free safety. They move all the time, and even Mike in the offense says it's hard for us to identify and, and place the mic at times, so uh, it's very diverse. It's very multiple, and I think that's helping us out. I mean, we had a five-game stretch there where we gave up 20 points or less, and in this league, that's very hard to do, so mm-hmm. We're 6-3, and three, and you're right, offense, as the saying goes, offense gets headlines and defense wins championships. So, you know, you don't win games without all three phases. So it's not like we can go out here and score 100 points every game and, and not focus on defense. And all three phases, when we win, deserves credit. You don't score 100 points every game, but they certainly try. I mean, it's an offense that <laughs> loves to move the football. Uh, and I think t- tonight is the perfect example of just how much depth you have. Uh, after Mike Riley, your two best offensive players stats-wise last week are sitting this week because guys who they replaced are healthy and, and they're coming back into the lineup. And, of course, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Shaq Cooper and Bryant Mitchell. Right. And, and especially Mitchell has been so patient over the years and comes in and does exactly what you want him to do, but still has to come out of the lineup. Uh, it's It just shows you how deep you are, especially 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. Very good problem to have, and, and Bryant Mitchell's the consummate pro, and so is Shaq Cooper. Both those guys have great games, and uh, when we speak to them afterwards and say, hey, our philosophy, and, and I agree with it, and Jason speaks to this, is if you lose your job due to injury, if you've won a job as a starter, you don't lose it due to injury. And, you know, what we told Bryant and Shaq is eventually you guys are going to be starters, and you're going to appreciate that role because you might get nicked up. And, and I think it, Jason's a player's coach, and I think those guys appreciate it. We were very candid with both of them. And like I said, I'm going to repeat it. They're consummate pros. They're our ultimate team guys, and they practice hard. They're dialed in. It's hard to step in when you haven't played a lot and be productive like that. And yeah. It's very hard to do, and it just shows how much attention to detail they have. The Bryant Mitchell part of it obviously is, is tougher because he's been around a little bit longer, but we talked to Jason. Jason said he knew going in that was a situation. I guess if you communicate it to the players and they know what's going on, it's not – It's I know the fans are kind of going, what's going on here? But <laughs> the players knew what was happening, and you're bringing back a pretty good receiver too at Fidel Hazleton who uh, – hasn't played for a while and he only saw him for part of the game in Winnipeg but man you go back to last year and his tracker he's a good receiver again we you know we're biased but I think we feel we have the the best wide receiver core in the league and I'm sure other teams would argue that and they should because they should be confident in their personnel but uh, like I said before it's a good problem to have and, and Vidal's a great receiver we feel they're all very good receivers so you know, and, and to speak to your point earlier, transparency and honesty is always best. So Bryant was told before he even played the game, no matter what you do, if you have 500 yards receiving, our belief is you don't lose your job to injury. So he could handle it because Jason was up front and honest. And again, that speaks to how Jason communicates. So here we are. It's late August, and there's going to be uh, more NFL preseason games. And we got another set next week, and then that's it. And then we all look at Twitter, and we all look at transaction wires and going, okay, where are some guys going? We know Brandon Zilch is down there. Kenny Ladler is uh, with Washington. Washington uh, Zilch's, of course, with the, the hometown Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if we're going to see them for a while, to be honest. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but it looks like they've been having some good preseason, though Brandon hasn't been able to get in, but they really like him. But for you in general, because the practice rosters are going to expand soon, how busy of a time is this watching what 32 teams do down there? Well, it's very busy. We have four scouts down there right now. I can't get to all those camps and the games the way I'd like to and the way I used yeah. to, but we have people that we trust down there evaluating, sending reports in weekly. So we're very on top of who's down there, who's active, where people may fit with us. We like our roster right now. So if we stay healthy, I don't think we need to make a ton of moves because we're pretty deep in my opinion. That could change week to week as it has in the past and it, and it probably will moving forward. But mm-hmm. In short, we're going to cross those bridges when they come. If some of those guys are released, then we're going to be disappointed for them, but we'll we'll see where we're at when that happens, if it happens. The practice roster expansion, though, that's a pretty critical time, too, because you get to see guys, and they, most of them don't factor in this year, but mm-hmm. they would factor in maybe the year the, the, or, or the, uh, the, the next season, right? Yeah, it, it's a factor. I don't know if I'd say critical because we have guys on our practice roster right now that we like that we're evaluating for next year as well, and we've got a continuous pipeline of players that we're looking at, so we get to see them up per- front and personal and some of them may stay some we may bring back next year but um, I don't know if it's necessary I think there's a little bit of a misconception out there that they're all NFL cuts right away usually when guys get cut right now um, if they've if they've been around the league for a while or if they were some of those last cuts they they do the circuit which is the Tuesday workouts for a while we don't get those guys right away yeah Yeah. and it's uh, it's a busy time for everybody and and scouts are watching them you guys are watching them and waiting and it's it's kind of Fluctuate. It seems like it fluctuates every day throughout the next probably the next month or so with players. A little bit, and again, we will see who who becomes available and what our needs are. So to say what our needs are going to be when that happens, we couldn't really address that right now. We have our highs on everybody right now because you never know what your needs are going to be exactly. Yeah. Um, 
We're going to have Randy Ambrosi in here uh, in a couple of minutes to talk. Uh, they made an announcement today about uh, uh, the loosening of the restraints on celebrations. Uh, probably something that we all knew had to happen because what we saw last weekend was kind of ridiculous to call one and not call the other one. And uh, I mean... If you talk to anybody about CFL football last weekend, they were talking about the two celebrations and how much they enjoyed it and how fun it was. And to find out, you know, the next day that, yeah, they're both illegal and they shouldn't have happened is probably wrong, right? You know, you got to keep that fun part in the game, really. Absolutely. Some of my earliest memories of football at any league is Gizmo Williams doing backflips. So it's fun, and this league for a long time was known as the fun football league. You could do things that, for the most part, the NFL couldn't. So I'm completely on board with it. As long as it's not taunting or derogatory, have at it. And that even goes for teams that score on us. My philosophy is if you don't want someone to do something fun like that, don't let them score. You know what's going to happen now is everyone's going to look at every stadium and go, when, when Duke Williams is in it, and go, okay, what can Duke use? I, I'm looking at the signage, uh, the, the, the signboards. I think they're a little narrow, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he he's having fun. You know, and, and why not have a little bit of fun? And like you say, please don't be silly with it. But uh, I couldn't believe when I saw the flag come out. I, I just, are you kidding? That was funny. It was on Monday Night Football, for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's disappointing. Again, it goes back to if he's taunting someone or trying to embarrass the opposition, that's one thing. If he's doing something derogatory, then then flag it. But when it's innocent, it's fun, it's good natured, it is a game. It's very serious. It's a profession. But at the end of the day, this is a game. And it's entertainment. And the fans want to see excitement. And some of my best memories of the CFL when I was in here earlier, 04, 05, before I went to the NFL, is I remember Calgary doing the baton relay around yeah. Commonwealth. That was hilarious. <laughs> yes. I remember in Montreal watching Ben Cahoon, Thyron Anderson, some of those guys choreograph a human bicycle. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. You know, and they're not taunting anyone. They're having fun. And that makes, it also creates camaraderie with those guys. They yeah. plan things. They enjoy each other's company. It's part of bonding, part of team. It goes back to having fun and playing football like you did when you're on the playground. I, I think it's outstanding. And if you don't like it, stop them, right? Yeah, that's right. Don't exactly. Don't let them score a touchdown, <laughs> and you won't thing, have to worry about it. Same thing when teams run scores up and they, they whine about it afterwards. I'm like, well, stop it. Yeah. If you don't want them to score, then don't let them score. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, uh, kind of on a, on a more serious note with the CFL, the, the CBA is up at the end of uh, this season. Uh, have you noticed any hindrance in, in operating right now? Because you, you, as a GM, you're planning short-term, but you're also planning long-term. And I know you don't want to talk about contracts and everything, but right. there's been a lot of stories about, about Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell and all the quarterbacks around the league who I believe have the same agent. And mm-hmm. the fact that guys really can't negotiate with them and you don't, you can't get that extension in place because nobody knows what the cap's going to be. No one knows what the parameters are going to be. How much of a hindrance or is it a hindrance uh, without knowing what's going on next year CBA-wise for what you have to accomplish this year? Well, for the big-time players that are that are marquee-type players that are going to command a lot of money that they've earned, uh, on a 1 to 10, it's a 10. It's a, it is the hindrance. It's not a hindrance. It's the stumbling block that we have right now. Um, I understand both sides of it. We're all working on it together to try to come to common ground. Uh, that's going to be done with the league office and the PA. So out of my hands, we have input. We had a three-hour meeting today here in Hamilton with the league office, just giving our thoughts and we're all trying to do what's best for everybody, but it's absolutely hindrance, and it's not just us, it's everybody. So a lot of players are sit back saying, why would I sign something right now when we're not exactly sure what's going to be out there? Their concern, obviously, is do we leave money on the table? Yeah. This is a profession. We just talked about the fun side of it as far as playground, playing football, having fun. The other side of this is this is their everybody's livelihoods. So um, you know what? We can't fault them for trying to do what's best for them and trying to earn as much as they can while they can either. Yeah, it really sets up a situation where come late April or May, whenever it gets solved, that 
you're going to be real busy. Every GM's going to be real busy, and there's going to be a lot of contracts that have to be negotiated. Yeah, very true. It kind of no rest for the weary is kind of the theme. Me one more just quickly. The Alliance of American Football is that another thing that you're kind of looking at? Uh, that's kind of in the in the back burner or in the front burner right now. Looking at it a lot. I have two very good friends that are general managers in that league. I speak with them very frequently about what their approach is, what their philosophy is. We've lost three players that I've been in contact with to that league, so it's a very big concern. It's yeah. it's real. They have serious football people in position. Whether it'll happen or not, we'll see. But when you have Bill Pulling running things, it's real. He's a football czar and. and you know, people used to refer to this league as the Campbell Football League, rightfully so. Well, Bill Pullian is that times 10 in the NFL. He's on every competition committee. He generated a lot of rules. They have a lot of money. So they have the right football people in place. They have a lot of money to back it. So it's a very serious league. Yeah. All right, Brock, appreciate your time today. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having Brock. me. That is Eskimo.